got catcalled this morning on Sunset by a dude who was just like aggressively like saying his number over and over again to me. <laughs> Love and that. then he was like, repeat it back to me. And I was like, what? Absolutely he was like, repeat not. it back to me. Like, you're going to text me, right? And I was like, no. And I was waiting for the for the sign to turn, like to the walking sign. And I have this. Were you walking or no, were you in your car? I crosswalk. And I have these pants where I have like stars on my, on my ass. And like, mm-hmm. he was like. Oh, like you're a star. Like, oh, are you gonna text me? Like most women would be like, You're a bitch if you said that to me. And I'm like, I'm just trying not to get murdered, King, honestly. Yeah, yes. like please don't strangle me. But I had to repeat his number back to him. I hate because that. Because he kept saying like just one more time and I'm gonna text you. Just one more time. That's awful. It was awful. <laughs> so that was a good start to my day. Great. Um so you got cat called. I got cat Just walking down the street like it's like the nineteen seventies in Times Square. He was on a or bike. Shit. Oh great. But He's I don't, mobile. Yeah, he was mobile. I was not mobile. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. I feel I don't feel like I've gotten cat called that much in my life. So I feel like it was a transformative yeah. experience. LA me. has been kind of a non-cat call zone for really? me yeah um mostly i think i don't leave my house enough to get cat called yeah. these days and i keep things relatively cash yeah. and so when you're <laughs> just like in like lululemons and unwashed hair people, people tend to not give you any no. sort of sexual attention yeah. but like chicago like college were my cat calling mm. days yeah where i still thought it was like kind of funny and cool it's honestly like it's not a compliment but there's some like really sexist part of you that's like ooh, like men yeah. like me it's like i hope they notice i, hope they notice. <laughs> I, know. I like lived above a 7-eleven where just like all like a bunch of like homeless guys and just like kind of riffraff would come and go and that was like my whole like coming home from a long night out i was like the business section of town had cleared out and i was like my people like i hope they <laughs> notice me audience i did night. yeah and i was like i knew i was killing it if i got like a chorus of cat calls either coming or going they were like reviewing your outfit yeah it was actually really helpful for me <laughs> you're like not wearing that again didn't get cat calls yeah i live for the applause and then i moved to la and all the cat calls stopped wow yeah why do you think the cat calls stop in la um well it's hard to cat call people in the car like if they're in their from co- car. <laughs> yeah from another car you can kind of do it but like i guess that's true nobody's walking so no one's walking so if you are walking you're like prime target mm, yeah do that you drive i do i am so bad at driving all of my huge babe moments so far have been like just scratching my car <laughs> like scratching <laughs> other people's cars like not knowing how to parallel park like and i was just i'm gonna move to la and like not know how to drive Love and i that. still don't know how to drive did you get your license when you were 16 yeah and i just I've, i don't know i just have had so much like jewish anxiety about driving half my family doesn't drive mm-hmm. we had to get like a bus at my bat mitzvah to shuttle like half the members <laughs> of my family who don't drive so yeah it was just i already like overcame the odds by getting my my driver's license yeah and and every day on the road is a miracle i'm like i could die at any point (laughs) i like it living on the edge i know but i i think it's just i don't know how people are expected to maneuver like a giant fucking vehicle it doesn't come naturally at least to me what kind of car do you have a prius (laughs) it's like not that hard to drive (laughs) priuses i feel like are kind of hard to drive i feel like they have like a lot more blind spots than one would think that they have. Yeah. Well, at my apartment, 
they decided, I guess after like more earthquakes were happening, they're like, we have to put these giant like they retrofitted. Yeah. So now my parking spot is like in between another car that's huge and a like giant cement pole. Mm -hmm. So every single time I pull out of it, like I definitely when I first moved there, scratched my car, scratched my car again, trying to come out like the super narrow driveway. But then yesterday I was trying to get out of the driveway and this man who i guess lives in the apartment was like oh yeah like everybody scratches their car on that like everyone here has scratched their car so i was like okay i thought i was just like an extremely dumb bitch but i'm glad that i'm not no you're doing great (laughs) (laughs) hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast on the planet babe I'm your host, Lara Marie Shane Halls, and with me today is Julia, aka Binch City on Instagram. Also, what's your last name? Um, I should have asked you this. My last name is Rosenfeld, but my because I'm Jewish, like obviously we all have to have like a stage name. Mm-hmm. So I just like when I put like I put out music too, and it's just Julia Hava, which is my middle name, which coincidentally is also very Jewish. But yeah, so I go by Julia Hava. Okay, online. Julia Hava. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome I'm to the so pod. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I think that you are the youngest person I've ever had on this podcast. Really? Yeah. I was realizing today. Wow. Because it, I and don't take this the wrong way. I thought that you were like my age. No, and you're definitely not. I was like, wow, this like refined sense of humor, like (laughs) looking up to her so hard, want her to be on the pod. Yeah, and then I was like, kind of just like scrolling through your Instagram. You're like, I just graduated from college, and I was like, oh my god, she's a baby. I'm a baby. So I feel really blessed that you actually wanted to do this podcast because it means I have my finger on the pulse of the youth. You do. I love this podcast. I've been listening to it like so often because I've been driving in LA. Mm -hmm. I've just been cackling along, and I I found out about the podcast because of Vanderpump Rules, obviously. Okay, yeah, the best show on earth. And you like are so close to this, like, and now I understand why you're so into. To it you could just like walk down the street and like see any of them yeah i used to be even closer to them like i've lived across the street from james kennedy at one point wow. was that intentional did you no. get into vanderpump rules before you moved there or no i was in it was when i was living there i think he moved into the neighborhood after i okay. did and then it was like it was just like a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Life has brought me <laughs> into their realm and we keep crashing and crashing against each other. There's something about it. Yeah. And I'm like, my goal, one of my biggest goals in life, I think, is to make like meaning out of Vanderpump, Vanderpump rules. rules. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. here's a really interesting story that i need i just need your opinion on i was in la this summer when the earthquakes happened yeah same and i was in tom tom no. when the second earthquake okay happened. wait the second one was the scarier yes, one and i was in tom tom like two drinks in you could have died at tom tom di- and i was like i'm gonna fucking die at tom tom and nobody got under the tables probably because everybody there's a tourist 
Also, okay, Tom Tom's the most dangerous place you could it's possibly so be because for anyone a that doesn't watch Vanderpump Rules but listens to this podcast, a brief history: Lisa Vanderpump owns three restaurants in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. One of them is Tom Tom, and it's all themed like gears of a clock and then like random hanging like proletariat themed. <laughs> it's proletariat themed, and like the light fixtures have like. It's like a light, but then like 50 other elements to them. Yeah, like there's so- like beads, there are like <laughs> vials filled with like random liquids. There's yeah. like a knife and a feather. A knife. <laughs> like it's like random. Like it's crafty almost. Yeah, it's crafty. And all those hideous lamps were just swinging. And that's how I noticed that there was an earthquake. It was so surreal. I was like, I would choose this moment to be in Tom Tom when they're like, what does that mean? It's beautiful, beautifully poetic. It's a I mean, sign you're, from God. Yeah. And Tom Tom, like the behind the bar is just like a huge, massive clock. Yes. I think it's like reminding us our days on this planet are numbered, <laughs> numbered and like how meaningful would it have been to live your last day and breathe your last breath as like the clock comes tumbling down. I could have been killed by a tumbling that clock, clock would kill you. It's wow. like rusty gears. Whenever the big one happens, a sight is going to happen at TomTom and somebody's going to get killed by that giant clock. Yeah. All it takes is one tectonic plate for like (laughs) any one of the... There's like at least like 50 different things at TomTom that could kill you. And I know Lisa Vanderpump does not follow Earthquake Code. No. There's no way she's paying for the extra... She's paying off people to like... Yeah. Get everything. Like nothing's up to code. Like the bar is like taller than the chairs at the bar yeah it was weird though because it was a very like midwestern crowd at tom tom oh yeah not to like drag midwestern people because i know you're from oklahoma it's all a midwestern crowd there now because i mean and i understand like why would anyone from la want to go there i think la people did at first for the troll but not yeah, but I now, think that was too late for that. Yeah, because I like when it first opened, it had a kind of like it felt like a buzzy place. Yeah. Like I went in there and I was like, it's fucking happening it's here. Happening. And Miley then now, Cyrus had some event there. Right? Yeah, like yeah. celebs. I think Gaga has been there. I remember Chrissy Teigen posted a photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went there right when the Midwesterners were arriving. And <laughs> yeah, like and the now huge, they descend upon it. The huge troll, which like Lisa Vanderpump obviously knows, is that I, of course, ended up spending a ton of money there. Uh huh. Because just for the experience, it's like going to Disneyland. And so yeah. that's how she knows her restaurants are not good and that they're trash. And I know. Like- and yet she loves to like say, like I read something today, like in the Telegraph or something, some British tabloid website where she was like, I just have like such a sense for restaurants and I can go in and when if one thing is off, I know exactly what to do. Like turn the music up a little bit, turn the lights down a little. I was like, bitch, mm-hmm. you are full of shit that was not the vibe the bathrooms in all her restaurants are heinous yeah they smell like puke (laughs) they're like so dirty they're so dirty it's like you need they're not like osha compliant no they aren't i don't know yeah it's it's not good but yeah so i i I feel like that was, and I still decided to move to LA after I experienced an earthquake in Tom Tom. So, so you moved like, to LA after, after the that. earthquake. So I was visiting this summer and I feel like that was part, it had to be part of my decision, even subconsciously. Yeah. I was like, this is the You're kind like, of it's life dangerous here. I, I like live. it. Yeah. 
Okay, so you went to Brown. I went to Brown. Yeah. So you're like pretty smart. I'm I'm pretty smart, meaning mostly I just like really hated my life in high school. Yeah. Because I thought if I got into Brown, all my problems would be solved. Mm-hmm. Which Because like, you're like in the Ivy Leagues now and things yeah, change. Yeah, and also my parents met at Brown when they oh. were 19. So I was like, I'm going to go to Brown and like meet my husband. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. I just Does thought, anyone meet their husband in college anymore? I don't know, but like my dad was in a band and like my mom like saw him play and then they were like, they've literally been together since then so i was like of course like because first of all men obviously solve your problems second of all like college will solve my problems i was like perfect like all i have to do is like work myself to the bone in high school Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna get my husband (laughs) (laughs) i love you're like very mona lisa smile about like college (laughs) pre-college you were coming at it from like it was a very strategic decision yeah yeah and then how did you find it there I mean, I loved college, but definitely, I mean, I think my whole Instagram is also just like the realization that men are trash. You hate men. I hate men. I, mean, <laughs> I love like, it. I don't, I don't want to say, I can't really say I hate men on Instagram because all of the meninists will like report me and I'll get shadow banned. Yeah. Yeah. They get really mad about they that. Really and you get mad. comments from like men that are really mad about like, and you don't even really come for them that hard. No, I feel like I just make, I, most of it is just commentary on the way that heterosexual relationships work, which is badly. Yeah. And just like the gaslighting things that men say. And then men get really in they a get tizzy really about it. I well, love that yeah. that's like the thing that makes them so mad. It, well, I have this series called The Dumbest Shit Men Have Ever Said to Me. Yeah. And people are like, men didn't say any of this stuff. I'm like, then why do I have 3,000 submissions from people Yeah, that all like say the same kind of shit? It's just like... I mean, I started it because I hooked up with this guy who said, I've never eaten a fruit before. And I was like, what? No. What do you mean you've never eaten a fruit before? And that was like, I just started writing down things that men would say to me that were just so fucking stupid. Did he explain his fruit past? I don't know. He was a, <laughs> like, I'm, he was a lacrosse player, which I'm like, I feel like you need to be eating like have you eaten a banana yeah no i think it was like a pear specifically that he had never eaten and so he just thought a pear was was all all fruits and all fruit is pear (laughs) was he a a student at brown absolutely not okay good because that i was gonna be like well brown has taken no there are some there are some people who are dumb at brown it's pass fail so it is pass fail that's like get yeah it's not like a harvard but yeah. it still is well, you like can definitely pay your way into any ivy league so yeah any any college any as college, it turns yeah, out any yeah college. but yeah he also was like i don't think drunk driving is a problem unless you get caught and i was like mm. and mm. i still hooked up with him because well, of course i did i'll bet that that was a good hookup wasn't it It was a good hookup yeah it was because he was dumb so people dumb. make really good lovers I'm, i think <laughs> i'm learning that <laughs> what kind of like dumb hookups so you like the best people you've slept with you're like they were dumb as a rock some dumbs i've slept with have been great but then some not so great i i think like obviously i've had sex with like someone that i was super in love with and that Mm. was like amazing sex no they were like we were both really smart and then like in love with each other and then just had like great sex yeah okay that makes sense but then i've also had great sex with like a total sociopath like psycho <laughs> but that's like that's like classic that's classic but then dumbs they do really 
they're just i think they're just like controlled by some sort of animal like nature kind of takes like, over they're so like more in the present moment like yeah. they're, they're they're more enlightened than we are they are because they're not thinking about stuff yeah. they're just like experiencing the present moment for what it is yeah oftentimes i've wished like i've wished stupidity upon myself because like if you have anxiety or something you're just like stuck in your head or like it would be way easier to just be a stupid idiot and like so much easier walk through the world just like happy as a clam every day i just i I do wonder if those i mean i guess there must be people like that i feel like in l there's a lot of people like that and you think they're really just fully happy i think some people live unquestioning lives where it's just like they accept they just like see things as they are and accept that that's like the way and just like don't have a lot of questions. I love like someone who has no questions for life. Just, <laughs> yeah, like, just, like, accepting cool. it as it is. I'm it's probably a it. very like peaceful existence. Yeah. If unless you're like if you're dumb and also like mentally ill, then that's but I think that where things. Yeah, I think it does. Okay, but like. I, I feel like now I'm picturing like some sort of Triangle. one of those chaotic like charts or whatever, oh, okay, like chaotic, okay. but it's like chaotic, stupid or chaotic like chaotic, stupid. mentally ill. Or, Somebody needs to make one of those. Yeah. Maybe that can be, that's not super your style. I feel like I would, I used you to would make do more really, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to make, I need to make more things like that. Yeah. But I think like charts. if you're just like happy and um, that's probably the best combination. Yeah. If you're happy, you're and just dumb, attracting other like positive vibes. I don't think anyone who's happy and dumb probably listens to this podcast. But if you know someone who's happy and dumb, I just want to know. Like, what yeah, that's like. be jealous of them. Be jealous of them. Is it possible to be happy and dumb and then realize that you're dumb and then change it? And then do you still are you still happy afterwards? I I feel like that's such a specific scenario. Do yeah. dumb people ever like come to that realization where they're like, I'm dumb and it's time for me to educate myself? I don't know. I don't think that happens. Maybe sometimes. Like in the movies it happens. There's a lot of things that happen in the movies <laughs> that turn out to not be true. So you started your account in college yeah when i was a sophomore in college because okay. i was really fucking depressed and mm-hmm. trump had just won the election oh, fuck. and i was like i used to do a lot of like more music stuff and poetry and i was like my brain is on lo-fi mode i cannot do anything that requires more energy than like making a meme mm-hmm. so i was just making a lot of memes that were like very specific about my depression and like anonymously following people from my school just to like freak them out. <laughs> and then it just randomly people were like, yeah, I'm fucking depressed too. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. That's, I feel like you're one of the people at the forefront of like depression memes. <laughs> depression. <laughs> I'm so proud to be a leader of the forces of depression memes. Yeah. Brave soldiers. Totally. You're paving the way. So you started to get a following in college yeah. or was it just like for fun or well, it start. I was just doing it for fun. Um, and it was, I was seeing people make those kind of long form memes that were just like the more specific you can get while still being relatable to people. Mm-hmm. And so I just started like churning like three of those out a day. Yeah. I was just like maniacally making memes and it like did very well because I mean, when you're really mentally fucked up, the creativity just flows. Yeah. Really flows. And it's good to have some sort of like consistent creative output, mm-hmm. no matter what, it form it comes in yeah and so if it, if it has to be a meme it has to be a meme yeah and i think that and memes are actually like high art i feel like we'll look mm-hmm. back where is like 
there needs to be like a meme museum or something. I've been, it, the people have done some exhibits and they've asked me if they can put like my memes in there. I've had I've, people have interviewed me for like theses mm-hmm. on memes. So it's very bizarre. I mean, there's, I think it's just, it's interesting though. And I think that like I was a psych student. So I'm, I do think that there's some ways in which like memes have definitely destigmatized mental illness on the internet for sure. But then also like totally worsen it for some people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting. Like the power of memes, the power of lols, I think the power specifically. Of lols, yeah. And the power of like, like there's so many different types of memes. Mm-hmm. Like there's memes that are truly just like that mean nothing that like, it's just like people I putting a bunch of words. Yeah. That are yeah. just like totally meaningless yeah. or really funny. Yeah. Then there was, there was some meme I saw recently that was like, or I feel like it, they always around New Year's, they're like forecasting the memes of next year, yes. but it'll just be like a picture of like a foot. And it's like, <laughs> even just thinking, cause that is like, how it's born sometimes is just like a random image and i think memes have taught me a lot about like things just being impermanent in life because memes will like rise and fall kylie jenner will kill a meme with her rise and shine meme like that one rose so quickly and and was murdered by her monetizing it and it's just like things don't last forever you know that's so true it's a good reminder it's a memes are like kind of buddhism they kind of (laughs) honestly not to go too far, but I think they are. I think like the Buddha would love me. He would love it. He, he was laughing memes. all the time anyways. He was, yeah. I mean, I think that like, especially for me, like being raised very culturally Jewish, we just are constantly lolling at our suffering. That's yeah. just like how the Jewish people cope, which mm-hmm. requires you to have like a certain level of self-awareness, which I think is really also good for you mentally. Like you just can't take yourself that seriously. Yeah. And you have to be able to see the humor in like any given situation. Yeah. It's like the Gaga, I have to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like that's just me constantly. Like there's some points I think when things just get so fucked up that you're like, I have to laugh. Like I just have to laugh. The irony is never lost on me. No. And yeah. then the moment that it is like when my lols are gone, which now I'll enter zones where it's like, but I have to do like the halt, like hungry, angry, lonely, tired with myself because you sometimes, like, you know, like, okay, sometimes I'll just enter a zone where it's like, I have no lols left. And I'm like very wow. devastated about like a, a lot thing of that shit. Happened. Not okay. even a thing that happened, but I'll just go into like a null zone. Like null maybe zone. it's like the end of the day or like mm-hmm. I haven't eaten enough or I'm tired. So then in recovery, there's this term halt where it's like, if you want to use, you check in with yourself and you say like, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Mm-hmm. Am I tired? So if you're one of those or a combination, yeah, so I do that with my lols and then I'm like, <laughs> why am I not lolling? Why like if I, I lost my lols and then it's usually like I'm hungry. The lols like will come though. There's a yeah. lot of situations where you're like, I can never loll about this. And then little by little, the lols will arrive. You can loll at any single thing that happens to you. And I think that that's also what the internet shows like in very fucked up ways. Like there is nothing that is sacred. And I all. love that. I love that's that. my favorite part. One of my favorite parts about the internet yeah. is yeah. that there's someone making fun of whatever horrible thing you're reading somewhere. Someone's making funny content about it. They are. And it's just, I mean, like the whole Bush did 9-11 thing. Love like, it. That was, I be, I mean, I saw a lot of people like joking about like the Gypsy Rose story, <laughs> like, which I love. Gypsy Rose is major. I'm really into the Jep- Epstein didn't commit suicide yeah. like memes mm-hmm. right now. 
What yeah. memes are you into right now, aside oh from your God. own? I'm really into those memes that are like the Facebook status memes that I think they started with like the all like girls do is like be bisexual, eat hot chip and lie. Oh, and charge they phone. Something <laughs> yeah. like that. I love that meme. I think it's so funny. And there are some accounts that just like will only post those Facebook statuses and they're so funny. Like I saw one that was like, um, bitches be like, he's my world like girl this is your third world this month are you trying to build a solar system (laughs) and i'm just like that's so good yeah i love that oh god what memes are you into these days besides the jeffrey epstein memes jeffrey epstein and then like honestly like anything with kermit the frog Mm. is making me laugh a lot not just like the dark I feel like I saw something the other day where it was like a dancing Kermit or something that mm. made me laugh. Yeah. But bringing like a Muppet into something. Muppets, yeah. Muppets will really just, do it for me. They add like a garnish to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it was like Kermit like pissing on something. It was like really <laughs> just like weird, but I loved it. I love anything that's been like filtered multiple times, like a deep fried meme. Yeah. I love a surreal meme. Um, any, like the less sense it makes, like I just, I feel like I'm at this point where like it has to be so bizarre for me to laugh at it. And I just love that like people still keep coming up with stuff that will make me laugh. Yeah. Who are your favorite accounts on Instagram? Mm, I really love if I die, recover my hard drive and Patia's fantasy world. I think those are my favorite too right now. They're not like huge accounts, but they just post content that is just like ridiculous and it always makes me crack up i feel like the place to get memes and i'm like a hypocrite for saying this like isn't necessarily instagram because instagram will just repost a lot of stuff on twitter yeah where do you get like do do people just get their memes from reddit is that where i didn't i actually didn't ever start using reddit until the caroline calloway stuff and then i was like (laughs) aggressively following it like reading every comment and i was like i thought reddit was for incels until the caroline calloway drama and i was like now i'm a redditor like yeah you're in the community yeah i thought that i think that a 4chan still like i've never i don't know what 4chan is yeah like i don't think i've ever even been on 4chan like i'm unclear if it's like Mm -hmm. a website or like what it is but i just thought like that's incel territory i'm gonna stay away but it turns out reddit is kind of cool there's like cool stuff going on there there. is some cool stuff but i do feel like i kind of have this inner block towards reddit where i'm like i don't want to use reddit too much because i worry i'm gonna like like border on insult territory yeah i don't want to get too deep like i wouldn't want to uncover like an insult community like find myself yeah. in the midst of one and it would really dark me out yeah. so i keep it pretty sure. like surface level mm-hmm. like i have things on my home page that i enjoy and but then, did, like, I'll dip yeah. into, like, blog snark. Blog snark. I yeah. love, like, when 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 I was really, now I'm, like, everybody knows about Caroline Calloway now. Like, it's not really, I don't know. I'm not, like, as into it as I was. But when she was really, like, spiraling before the Natalie stuff, and I was just, like, every single thing she would post, people would comment on. And it was just, like, it's so It's incredible. Addicting. It was yeah. incredible. And, like, I was just so amazed by, like, how, like, intelligently people were commenting on everything she did like it could have been like a huge thesis that was written by a bunch of people i know there needed to be like a podcast or something i think there is one oh detailing like the whole thing yeah they just have like a caroline calloway podcast wow okay i need to check that out i think it's called pardon my snark and i think it's just about caroline calloway (laughs) well she gives enough content that it's like you could you could then make content 
based on her content. She's famous. She makes men sign NDAs before she goes oh on Oh my God. Yeah, them. I saw that too. I love that she makes them sign NDAs, but then she like talks about everything that happened. She posts Except now every- she's like not gonna, she's now taking a step back and like not gonna talk about she's it. She's saying that. It's like Taylor Swift, whatever you're emulating about Taylor Swift not talking about her relationship, like she wasn't like, hey you guys, I'm gonna take a step back. Like I'm not gonna be posting. <laughs> yeah, it's not coming out of like an organic no, nothing pl- that place she of does. discovery. It's like, God, I remember when Taylor Swift did this. Like, I'm going to do this. The Taylor Swift fandom of the whole situation with Mm, her really, that is what freaks me out maybe the most. Well, she's like, I know that me and Taylor Swift are going to be friends one day. And I know I'm going to be a great friend to her. I feel like she's probably right. She probably is right. She probably will be friends with Taylor Swift. Taylor loves friends. (laughs) Like, she loves having friends, collecting friends. Yeah, Yeah, she's, like, all about it. So it makes sense that, like... Wasn't that, like, one of... I don't think... Is she, like, really about friends anymore? I think she was really about friends for, like, one of her other albums. Publicly about friends for other stuff. But I think she's probably still really about friends. She Mm -hmm. just learned that, like it's a bad look to just be publicly and you went so viral for that one video where yeah. you were talking all about taylor swift's friends mm-hmm. my shining moment shining, in the sun. and i remember watching that and i was like that's so funny <laughs> love so, that a full circle was, moment how did that blow up was it just i went on um i went on a trip with my like a group of my friends mm-hmm. we stayed at the parker in palm springs for like a night mm-hmm. and then just got like really fucked up and then the next day we all woke up and we were having like really intense like hangover lols mm-hmm. and like you know when you just reach like a like there's a specific type of hangover where you're not like in pain, but you're just like laughing you're at just everything. Feeling really kooky. Yeah, you're really kooky and really goofy, and yeah. everything makes you laugh. Yeah. And so it was just like perfect alchemy of like <laughs> welcoming people to the stage. And then my friend Ed filmed it and like put it on Snapchat, and then he just like exported his Snapchat video. Did and we she ever it into see it? YouTube. Do you know she ever saw it? I think that she did, and mm-hmm. I don't think she liked it. I but mean, I've she, never known yeah. for like a fact. Like, I've never had it confirmed from, like, a source that I could trust. She's somebody who just, like, cannot lol. No, she She has no lols. There's no, like, self-reflection. There's no... If someone made something like that about me, I would die i would die. I would be so but nobody happy. would because you don't like do dumb enough shit for people i know to... but i would feel seen almost like yeah. it would be like you're honoring me and you see me you see me and you're calling really me out am. and that means you care yeah that's like a, that's my love language is like negging people yeah and like i love being made fun of and like teased yeah i'm like <laughs> like in the moment i'll be like i hate it but then i really like appreciate yeah. it yeah and like I don't know if anyone's teased Taylor and lived to tell the tale. I think she would sue them. Yeah. And I was really worried that like the video was going to get taken down because it had her song playing in the background, like the song where she takes people to the stage. But then I think her label realized my theory is, and this is based on just me, like I have no also no source or information on this, but I think what happened is the video got big kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. And then she realized if I take this, if this gets removed from the internet, it's going to look bad. Like I'm going to yeah. look salty about it. So then I got some sort of notification through YouTube that like the video has been monetized, but not by me. No, you didn't get any. No, money. I didn't get any money. So I think her label then like somehow monetized she the video. Yeah. And so she had to have seen it. Wow. 
Because you know she's on everyone's ass about like copyright. She and whatever. definitely like Google's her own name a lot. Yeah, yeah. She was like searching Tumblr and like responding to people's like posts about her. Yeah, I don't like that. Taylor, if you're listening, like I think that we could, if you are ready to loll about, please welcome to the stage. Has it been? We a, could hang. It's been enough time. It's she's, been enough time. It. Yeah, she's in a whole new phase of life. Yeah. I don't know what she's up to. Who's I don't super keep up. Be friends with Taylor Swift first, you or Caroline Calloway? I don't know. That's going to be the raise. Caroline could get in there, but then I think Caroline would want to gram about it, and I don't know if Taylor's about being that public anymore. No, no way. I wonder what Taylor thinks about the Natalie situation. I don't and think all she that. probably knows anything about it because I think Caroline thinks she's a lot more relevant than she actually is. I thought that she was a lot more like she I brought it up in therapy. <laughs> Me. And I was like, I was like, you know, like, have you been following like the Caroline and Natalie stuff? And my therapist was like, who? Like, no. And I was like, uh, and then I just had to have like an awkward moment of like explaining the backstory. And mm. then as I was explaining, I was like, wow, this is like lame. I literally gave a presentation about Caroline Calloway to an <laughs> LMU class because my aunt teaches at LMU and I was at one of her events and I met this like professor and he was like, oh, you do social media stuff, like whatever, can you talk to my class? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And then he was like, can you specifically talk about Caroline Calloway? And I was like, I yeah. would love nothing more. So I put together like a huge fucking PowerPoint about Caroline Calloway and like nobody in the class knew who she was. What? Yeah. So I was like, she clearly is not and I like diagnosed her with histrionic personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting medical about no, things. I di- I'm like I've worked in psych hospitals. I can diagnose her. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. So, what is histrionic personality disorder? You're just so, like a drama queen. No, so histrionic personality disorder is like kind of a subset of narcissistic personality disorder, but it's specifically like really like weirdly sexual and inappropriate context. So, like her being like posting news and being like, "My dad just committed suicide." Like that's. Okay. And it's very much like attention seeking, approval seeking, as opposed to like people who are narcissistic. They don't really necessarily care that much about getting other people's approval. Mm-hmm. But she cares so much about getting people's approval. Yeah. And also, she's like really like doesn't really have boundaries like and will say things like that are really sexual and really odd context. And <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that where it's like trying to make a sexual joke, but when then it not- just kind of feels like, ooh. And that's like the key part of, I believe, histrionic personality disorder is like being like oddly sexual in contexts that don't make sense. Wow. So like I have no clinical license. You took your theories to a college class. I took my psych degree and I was like, (laughs) I'm going to diagnose her. I read the DSM. I can do that. And the thing is, the professor was like, sure, if you want to diagnose her, you can. And I was like, really? (laughs) Love that. I was like, everyone's not doing their jobs correctly. I'm like, I definitely shouldn't be allowed to diagnose her, but like love that I'm going to do that. Also, I love that your professor and you were like, yes, what a great class to teach. And all the students were like, who is this? They didn't know who she was, but now they know. Yeah. No, no. Now they know everything they need to know. But I don't think they were lolling. I think they were like, what the fuck? This is really like weird and depressing. I need like a census report of who knows about Caroline Calloway. Because I just assume it's truly every single person in the world was educated (laughs) with like the Caroline and Natalie drama. I was like, oh, we're all on the same page. Like, what's your opinion on this? But I think that happens to me a lot with like various things where I just assume everybody's like seen a video or I'll like talk in memes mm-hmm. or like act out a gif in public and people will be like, what the, fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? They're like, are you having a seizure? Yeah, I'm like, oh, you don't. And then it's like you have to explain it. And it's really, I do a lot of like, 
I, I feel like whenever I have a conversation with someone, I need to bring like, like a PowerPoint of like, of like references. I have like my whole life is like work cited. Like, yeah. Just with me. <laughs> when did you, so you moved out here three months ago. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's, I think it's like two and a half months. It's been very recent. And how much time had you spent on the West coast prior to moving here? Well, my mom is from LA and she grew okay. up here and my grandparents live in LA and my aunt lives here. So I've spent a lot of time here, but not like any extended, not like amount. a full immersion, not a full immersion. You're experience. a Cali girl now. I know, but people always say that I have sounded like a Valley girl my whole life. I yeah, you would, gave me I if no if anyone had asked me, I would have been like, she's an LA native. Which like just makes me feel like I sound stupid, which like love that. Love that. Yeah. It's like I I really and I don't I guess my mom must talk like it a little bit, but I fully did not grow up in LA and I sound like I did. Yeah, I wonder because like I get a lot of haters that come at me for like vocal fry or upspeak, mm, but I'm which just is like sexist. I know, which Why? I'm like I don't know, but I just think it's sexist. I know. I love when and even I was like, well, fair critique like that both are true but yeah. i don't care but like weird that you would really find such a problem with it like i know whatever yeah but then i saw somewhere someone was like that's really sexist and then i was like yeah you know what it is fucking sexist <laughs> like the same thing of like air-conditioned like offices are sexist There's yeah that, that is actually true yeah I mean, showers I just- are sexist now i have a whole theory because like I had to replace my shower head recently and they have this thing on newly manufactured shower heads. It's called a flow restrictor. So you can't get like the water pressure that you really desire in order to take like a shower that will like softly beat you down yeah. and like actually clean you. Yeah. And as like a fellow girl with thick hair, I have you know how important hair. the like water pressure is yeah. to get a good shampoo and wash out conditioner. So I installed the shower head and like you can't remove the flow restrictor. I think in California specifically, like it's like that's fucked up. Not done. And so I had to like go on YouTube and like watch hack all it? these videos and hack it. But then I was like, the flow restrictor is sexist because guys don't need as much no. water pressure as women need. I feel like people don't talk enough about like how much of a grueling experience taking a shower is. Like when you have to wash your hair, and for me, like I have to fully comb through my hair like i have like hairballs that just like come out because i have so much hair yeah and it's like this isn't like a casual experience for me it's like i and people like you take such long showers like yeah i have to yeah it's an undertaking i have to to too and people have given me shit in the past and i'm like what do you want from me like do you want me to have a pancake dread like (laughs) i have to condition and comb my hair out with a comb in the shower Mm -hmm. or else it will just be whatever time I'm saving, well, then I will just spend it trying to detangle. Yeah. It's not. And whenever people are like, oh, I just like love taking a shower. It's like so relaxing. I'm like, I'm like working in the shower. I'm fully like doing my, like I'm combing through like ripping knots out of my hair. It's not like a really relaxing self-care experience for me. Yeah. Sometimes it can be, but like I live in this building is super old and like my shower, the hot water stops after a certain amount of time. Mm. So I've had to learn like, cause my favorite thing would be to take like a 45 minute shower. If I minimum. could just, yeah, minimum. Yeah. Cause then I get the work out of the way and then I can just like relax and fantasize yeah. and like sing and just like <laughs> talk to myself and yeah. do a litany of things that I need to fill that time frame. 
But now I get like maybe 15 minutes top. So I've had to really learn how to like. You get no self-care time. No. And so the only self-care time I get is if I just do like a body shower. But then my hair can't be like part of the equation. This is like a military shower. I know. This it's is... really intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oppressed. Shower. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Shower wise, I'm very oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wait, so what do you use for your hair? Like, what's your, like, hair journey? I really need to... People always ask me that, and I really need to post about it, because I feel like I, first of all, hated my hair so much when I was little, because it's so curly. You have, like, the perfect, like, curl texture of Thank hair. Thank you. Like, I, you have, like, Carrie Bradshaw curly hair. Yeah, I guess I guess I do. But, like, when I was little, like, people would always, like, obviously, like, boing my hair, like, mm-hmm. behind me and stuff. And, like, I remember one time I dressed up as Hillary Duff for Halloween, and this girl <laughs> in my class was like, you don't look like Hillary Duff. Like, you, you have curly hair. And I was like, all I wanted was, like, to fucking look like Hillary Duff for my costume. And so, like, it's been a, it's been a journey. But I, I use, like, this... I use Diva Curl products, and there's okay. specifically this product called No Poo, which is, like not really shampoo because it's really bad for you to shampoo your hair mm-hmm. so i do that and then i use like half a bottle of conditioner on my hair every single time I yeah shower. um and like f- have to fully comb through it. and i leave all the conditioner in i don't wash any of it out really yeah when you have curly hair you have to like keep it all in and then you like put on a gel that like like basically locks it all into place whoa yeah i didn't know about so that. i have like half a bottle of conditioner in my hair at all times at all times yeah whoa but you don't have to watch the thing is like but it doesn't you, feel like that to you no and then you because don't really your hair have to wash. texture is such that it soaks up the conditioner yeah and then you don't really have to wash your like you can keep if you do your hair right you can keep it for a week and like just put on like uh a shower cap and take a shower and like you basically have done your hair for the week which oh, is nice amazing yeah yeah see i don't know about that like curly hair life yeah because mine just gets wavy at, at max and then that's it there was a moment though like definitely in middle school where when i hated my hair and i would just do like a side braid moment like every single day Mm -hmm. and i would just be like i would like comb my hair like into the side braid and it would just be like that every single day and like i remember i got in trouble so much in class for braiding my hair in class and like Mm -hmm. i don't i just feel like that's like a huge thing is like getting yelled at at the teacher for braiding your hair yeah i mean i I thought it's because you're not paying attention to like what's going on in school i guess i saw something on twitter the other day that was like real internet thoughts like all got yelled (laughs) in class for braiding their hair and like doing other and they're like this is not a hair salon like I don't know. Yeah, I got yelled at a lot for that. Whoa, that seems unfair. It's, it was unfair. I hate that. <laughs> I hate teachers. And sometimes. then I would take my hair out of the braid and it would be like all like kind of like crimped. And I would be like, "Ooh, my hair's less curly now. Like, that's good. The crimping was the best part of getting like hair braided. Mm-hmm. Like I would do in high school, like the two French braids yeah. and then do like a crimp. And then well, I'd people be like, do that to make their hair curly, but it makes my hair less curly. So yeah. that's why I would do it. Wow. Yeah. 
But now I'm now I'm fully accepting. You've embraced my hair. the curl. Yeah, it takes me like three and a half hours to straighten my hair, so I'm obviously not going to do that. Do you have to like? first blow dry with a I mean, round I never brush. do it but then like definitely there are those moments where I would straighten my hair when I was younger and people were like oh my god you look so much better and I'm like that's actually so rude thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah my stepmom one of my stepmoms had like how many stepmoms do you I've have? had two stepmothers okay. I'm on this my dad stopped at like the second stepmom okay. slash third wife but the first stepmom had like extreme curly hair like mm-hmm. yours, except she was just like naturally blonde and like looked like a Barbie. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when she would like straighten her hair. I was just like in awe of like her hair. The di- I mean, period. yeah, my hair would be like down to my ass. If I yeah, straightened it would get it. like yeah. three times longer. Yeah. And I was like, how? Like, what is this hair math? Yeah. That's happening? <laughs> so wait, do you like L.A.? like being here or do you prefer east coast i do i am i really am liking living in la so far i feel like i have a little bit of stockholm syndrome where like i'm expecting it to be cold and it's weird to me that i'm not suffering Mm -hmm. in that way um but i i love like wearing dresses because they don't require you to put on like two items of clothing yeah i always wear dresses and people are like oh my god like you really wear a lot of dresses i'm like yeah it's one piece of fabric and that's what i need i just want to put on one piece of fabric and like go out the door yeah so I've, i've been getting to do a lot of like dress like vibes here which i like um i i mean i don't love driving but like it's okay I feel like I'm I'm adjusting to it. It's people are so nice here, mm-hmm. which is shocking to me. Yeah, like people. If you go to the grocery store, people will be like, "How are you doing today?" And I'm like, "What the fuck? How do you? How do you? What does that mean?" Like, I don't know. Every how to answer I feel that like question. everyone greets each other. They greet each like other like that. Yeah, yeah. and, and you like your ask. neighbors will say hi to you. And I'm just used to like I've spent a lot of time in New York, and people will just like yell at you if you like talk to them. And that's just not how people mm-hmm. talk. I think it's like the sunshine makes people like seem happier yeah Yeah. and also like i just love comparatively speaking like to new york where sometimes you'll just look around and you realize everyone looks so miserable yeah and that really fucks with me i'm just like why are we living in this like simulation of like misery and then la people just like look happier yeah but then that's also kind of fucked up because you realize you're like, why am I so depressed? Yeah, I think Everyone's the thing about so like that I miss a little bit about the East Coast is when it's just you're just like depressioning out and it's like pouring rain and you're like now the the weather matches my depression. Like I can just like go out and like listen to like the Smiths and like cry about my life in public and like no one's gonna ask me like how I am like mm-hmm. because nobody cares if you're crying in public on the East Coast. Yeah, but if you cry in public on the West Coast, people are gonna be like, is something wrong with you? Yeah, you'll get like a look or something. And the, unless it's like the whole city is in flames. Like the weather's just not going to match whatever depression mood you're going through. You missed a really good like depression winter Mm. because it was so rainy this last winter that it was just like, it was like dark and cozy and maybe we'll get another depression. I'm praying we get another one. Cause I really like it when it gets like that. Like, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to live in that kind of weather full time, but I really crave like cozy weather like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you just get kind of a cut here. It's like, you're just privileged. It's like so nice all the time as opposed to like now because of global warming on the East coast, there's like one day where it's 70 degrees. Otherwise it's a hundred degrees or like 20 degrees and there's Mm -hmm. nothing in between. Yeah. It goes, it's like operates in extremes. Yeah. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're talking about weather i like, know that's- but i love have you reached the point of your la journey where like the days meld into each other yeah because- i don't i don't know what season it is it's really weird yeah and, like it's november and i i mean the only way i know that it's november is because it gets dark at 5 p.m yeah and like you can't remember what you did like a few days ago no it's I, so I, sunny all the time and i already feel like i don't remember what i do every day yeah that's like, like the most disorienting part of like first living here do you think that like happens you just, yeah like, don't that happened to me where people would be like what'd you do this weekend and i actually was like i have no idea like i can't <laughs> differentiate every day is the same day over and yeah. over yeah i think that's also just being depressed yeah the- <laughs> if those like coincided with each other i think that is yeah probably that too yeah there's a little bit of that in there you talk a lot about mental illness and I mental do. health yeah. issues on your platform what did when did you start doing that? I kind have, of with the dawn of your Instagram journey. My Instagram journey started with like me just bitching about my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been in therapy since I was like 15. Like I had my mental health journey very early because I was so fucking mentally ill. Like I was just super, super anxious as a kid. And I think all of it is like Jewish inherited trauma, like honestly. But yeah, I my whole family is like super anxious. And so I was just having panic attacks when I was in high school. And that it wasn't like cool to be having panic panic attacks then yeah like I totally had to lie about going to therapy because it was not cool but then I then when I was in college and everyone was having their like mental breakdown moment I was like I am here like to help you all through it because I've already done it I mean not that I stopped having mental breakdowns but I do think that I I was like all right I've come to terms with the fact that like I need to be on like medication and, yeah like, you wilded go it out and got through that out. early it wasn't like a fun that's the thing is I feel like I missed my wilding out like teenager experience because I was just like on medication yeah that's kind of nice though to like skip that part yeah. because I feel like my I didn't really come to like a medication realization until a few years ago but I had yeah. like a wild teenage period that then led to like a boarding school like a therapeutic mm-hmm. boarding school for troubled teens so i learned a lot of like just like self-help type of therapy yeah. stuff so like my emotional intelligence was high but i was still really like battling with depression yeah and anxiety for a really long time before it was like oh i could just like go on medication <laughs> that will help, help a little bit. Yeah. yeah i mean i do think that like that I do feel very lucky to have realized that young. And like, I'm really lucky that my mom was like, bitch, you need to go to therapy because (laughs) I really did. And I, I used, I remember my mom tried to send me to the school psychologist when I was like in elementary school. And I was like, I don't need to see a psychologist. Like, why would you send me there? Like, I'm not like fucked up. I don't need to do that. And I was like, no, I probably definitely did at that age. But now I am like, I love therapy. It's like getting a brain massage every week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do feel lucky that like I figured that out kind of earlier because I don't know how I would have handled it if I was just in the middle of college and suddenly realized that. No, that would be the worst. Yeah. 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 And like you're that I think that's part of the reason why I just like assumed that you were older than you are is because I'm like, wow, she knows so much about mental my, illness. Wor- she must have been around for a while. I know, yeah. but then it's not, it's like kind of not fun because then it's like everyone else is wilding out and like mm-hmm. just being self-destructive and you're like, fuck, like I can't, I feel like I know better. And yeah. now I'm like, and also because antidepressants like so intensely like 
damper your sex drive i like wasn't really ever like a whore Mm -hmm. so i feel like i missed out on that too because i my teenage hormones were like suppressed by zoloft yeah are you on zoloft now i'm still on zoloft yeah it was like a home run med for you yeah i mean it really like decreased my ocd thoughts so Mm -hmm. i really love that and i mean i just yeah i think it just but i honestly i don't know i feel like it's so hard because some part of you is like all like natural like almost like bordering on anti-vax where you're like i shouldn't be on anything like i shouldn't put anything into my body and then the other side of me is when i'm like losing i'm like i should be in a medically induced coma right now yeah i'm like like, where's the lithium yeah where's the lithium (laughs) i'm like should i just get electroshock therapy like i'm ready Yeah. yeah but uh yeah, so I feel like there have been times where I'm like, I should maybe be on less medication. And then life is like, no, sis, you need to be yeah. fully on medication. Just stick with it. Yeah, but I've gone like up and down and on and off of it. And I, I mean, I obviously, I think therapy is way more helpful than medication. Mm-hmm. I think shrooms are way more helpful than medication. Yeah, I think any sort of psychedelic experience <laughs> yeah. can be really, really helpful if it's in the right setting and like with the right people. Yeah, and, and I'm like, totally like... I, I I just every like every first date I'm like let me tell you about how shrooms cured my depression. Like, just- <laughs> Wait, how did shrooms cure your depression? I mean, I I like did shrooms when I was this was like my depression sophomore year, and I feel like I they just like it felt like I did ten years of therapy like after doing them once and i just like came to this realization where i mean it's kind of like ego death your inner narrator that's like constantly criticizing yourself and other people just drops away yeah and you just realize like oh my god there's another way of living besides being like fucking miserable all Mm -hmm. the time and i think that even though i've like obviously struggled with depression and other things since then like now when i get depressed i'm like all right i have to like go back and like meditate and like read my books that like I feel like help guide me and like instead like and I used to just be like I'm just gonna take a depression nap and like zone out so I feel like ever since I did them like I have an awareness that like there is a way to be that's not just like fucking depressed all the time yeah and I don't think I ever would have believed that that existed if I didn't like kind of have that like mental switch Mm -hmm. so that's how I feel like shrooms cured my depression my autobiography (laughs) I literally like won't shut the fuck up about it to everybody. Were, were you with friends when you did them? I was, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I don't think I think a lot of people. First of all, like don't do hallucinogens if you have trauma that you haven't worked through because it will come out. Yeah, and don't just be like willy nilly. Like, yeah, I'm gonna take a ton of like shrooms tonight. No, see what happens. Definitely like, don't do that. You know, dip your toe in the water. But I think if you're in, I feel like if you're. I mean, I don't think anybody can debate. And I've read like full New York Times articles. Think like it just they do make a huge difference for people with like PTSD and with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So I think I mean, obviously, I'm not like go to Coachella and like do shrooms and your depression will be cured. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Really? There's only I've been to like five Coachellas and I have done I think shrooms are some drug at most of them, if not all of the times that I've been. And there was out of those times just one time where I was like had a really transformative yeah. like shroom experience. It's, it's easier if you're I mean, honestly, I think if you can handle it, like I mean, the first time, like obviously do it with other people, but I would totally just do them by myself and just like right. Have See a like what happens. Yeah, because yeah. I think and I think it always you like start to get self-conscious like the way that you always get self-conscious. But then when you're on hallucinogens, you're like, wait, why do I care what anybody else thinks of me? And why like everyone else is just thinking about themselves. Like nobody is thinking about me. And you just have these realizations that I feel like are, and I do think, 
And then the, the problem is, is then if you're like, oh, I can only access that when I'm like on hallucinogens, that's not really true. Like you can get to that point. Yeah. It's just that. a way of like reframing the way you think about yeah. life. And it, it like forcibly reframes life for you. Yeah. And I needed a forcible reframing. Yeah. I think a lot of people need a forcible yeah. reframing. Yeah. And then it's like up to you to do whatever exactly. non-drug steps it takes to like get to that. And I never meditated place. before I did shrooms ever. I was like, that's not going to fucking work. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna. And then I started meditating and I was like, wow, this actually really works. Like it makes a huge difference. It really does. So I'm like a total cliche. I'm like, do I you meditate every day. I, I try. There have been times where I like try to do it every day. Um, and I don't know, my headspace minutes are like really high and not to brag. I'm jealous. But- Mine, I think I'm like at one thirty, which is a pretty big deal because I'm just so bad at doing things yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, like, I think I'm at like 3,000 headspace minutes. What? I almost like just like threw up in shock. <laughs> <laughs> that just means I've had a lot of like mental breakdowns where I really need to be meditating. How like. long do you meditate at it for how what's your like usual time 10 minutes 10 minutes yeah okay. but they keep a little streak at the bottom of it and i'm really competitive so i'm like i can't break my streak like i have to keep mm-hmm. but the problem is that i'll fall off when i feel like my life is like going okay and then as soon as i get one positive thing and i'm like this is medication too yeah. where i'll be like i'm so bad at taking it at the same time every mm-hmm. day and like if i can take my meds every at the right time every day like morning and night for a week i'm just like hell yes cured next please (laughs) and then like i won't take it for two days like kind of by accident like i'll be like in my head i'm like you should take it and then you're still riding the wave yeah i'm just like i fucking got this like ready to put the top down and go on a road trip and then it's like no bitch it's not how it works yeah and i I, honestly like life will always humble you and bring you back to like you need to like meditate again like you and i on i not that i believe that everything happens for a reason or like any of that kind of stuff but i do think that like there are some life experiences where i'm like this fucking sucks so much that i have to get back into like taking care of myself and like trying to be more in the present and like really understanding like how my brain works and like i wouldn't ever have those moments if i wasn't like really going through it so and i think that like because i did shrooms like that one time and like knowing that there's a way to access that um like that made me like be willing to do that work whenever i like i'm really going through it yeah and i think the more you reflect on life and like get to the more you do the kind of work of like getting to know yourself mm-hmm. etc the more you realize that like every day is kind of a trip There's if you much really to think, think about. about it yeah that like every day every day is like a simulation where the world is yours for the taking yeah like you can do whatever you want and it's like about tapping into that kind of powerful mindset and the present mo- i've been reading like a lot of eckhart tolle mm-hmm. who like i love i was listening to his oprah super soul episodes god super soul sundays have really been killing it yeah they've really been killing it and i love pema chodron who does like a lot of i just listened too. to hers last night yeah and i I mean, I I think I I mean, we all probably need to be a lot more in the present moment, which is stupid because like basically all I do is like be on the Internet. But I don't think that I think I like kind of wish the Internet didn't exist and I could just go back to reading books like I would read a book a day when I was a kid. And just, yeah, I know. Remember, like in the summertime, you would just have like a book list read. and you just read and you would get like 40 books under your belt. But I do think that's also where I got all my fucked up ideas about how like love should work because I thought it was like 
like yeah men would i thought it was like sweet really valley well, high or like, something then like everything would work out yeah it's yeah. that's not how it is I, no. maybe i was reading the wrong but i read like a lot of sarah dessen books do you remember her no what were those she wrote these like basically like teen like romances and like there's this book called the summer i turned pretty <laughs> i think so it was just my maybe my best friend is like she likes to read like a lot of like yeah, ya like, stuff and it was this like girl who was like i was ugly but like then i turned pretty this one summer and like these two boys who like i was always friends with but they like never saw me like for who i was and then i turned pretty and they like both were in love with me and i like had to and i was like relatable yeah i would be like yes that like, is how it works that to literally happen to me when i'm 16 <laughs> i just thought like things in life would have like the kind of like sweet valley high high stakes drama like i remember feeling like so let down when i got to high school because like i spent all middle school just reading like rl stein and like sweet valley high yeah and and getting ready all that shit and like watching grease and like Mm -hmm. every like rom-com teen rom-com that came out and i was like i'm so ready for fucking high school where we're all just like grown up those were all documentaries yeah and then i got i get into high school and i'm like everyone looks like a baby here everyone looks really so young like where are like the old people i was like i thought i was gonna be like pulling like a hillary duff chad michael murray like kissing in the rain (laughs) a cinderella story moment and instead i was like in therapy yeah i was was like like, this sucks i'm doing drugs it was (laughs) what what drugs were you doing in high school oh my god what drugs wasn't i doing in high school i I just fully went like in i mean i started with like weed obviously which was my gateway drug Mm -hmm. which in my case turned out to be like fully true like it (laughs) led like you could be like the spokeswoman for weed being a yeah like my mom was like it's a gateway drug and i was like fuck off and then soon enough like i was just like taking pills like Mm -hmm. i had a whole period of like blowing like xanax bars in my car and then like it was just kind of whatever i could get my hands on so you really were living like a euphoria i went like full euphoria like i was rue except with like like, that's not realistic no that was like that's the most realistic representation i've seen of like of of my high school experience okay no fentanyl or like heroin ever got in the picture but i feel like if i had been at it for long enough it mm. would have finally gotten there because i was like what the fuck like i never smoked weed in high school because i knew that like once i started smoking weed i was just gonna like want to be high yeah i mean weed is a gateway drug because you're like oh it's like better to not be sober. yeah like, like i love just, being stoned now i, love, I can't be like stoned really? in the day like i can like at night mm-hmm. to like wind down and like watch a program or like go yeah. to sleep but like I can't really like smoke weed during the day. Yeah. And in high school, I was like blunted from the time I woke up <laughs> until like I would just like black out at night. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I knew a lot of people like that. And I was like, well, I have to get into Brown mm-hmm. so that all my life works out for me. So I can't do that. Yeah. You had and now like I'm a like, goal. I should have been fucking smoking weed the whole time. Like, why was I working so hard? <laughs> my goal, I was literally like my idols are like my idols are all fucking dead like it was like janice joplin nobody like Jim dies Morrison. a virgin life yeah it was like all. 27 club bitch like i was just like so it was really backwards and i was just like you are literally the only cool people in this world do tons of drugs mm-hmm. like that is how you are cool you didn't watch any like dare videos no i was just like whatever that's lame i didn't care i okay. was like anyone like whatever anyone told me I was just like, 
and what like you're either lying or like i don't believe you or if you're not i don't care like, okay so you were really like a roo you it were was really... a true it was true roo okay that's Real crazy hours, i feel yeah. like i don't i and that was definitely not my experience so i was like euphoria is so unrealistic like, no yeah i was like whoa this is like very much like it was very similar to my and experience you went you didn't go to like a send you to the mountains kind of reason. yeah i went to like therapeutic boarding school at the end of a mountain road in like redding california wow like, i have a, i had a friend who went to i have like my friend who's just like so gay and like was sent to like a mountain therapy with like a bunch of straight dudes mm-hmm. and they had to have a feelings wheel because like the straight men <laughs> they couldn't have, like identify they couldn't identify their feelings so they would be like how are you feeling today and they'd be like fine and they're like how do you take a spin <laughs> on the feelings wheel and like let us know like how you're really feeling and they really had to do that and wow. he was just like this like little gay guy was just like uh what the fuck is happening i have so much trauma that i want to like articulate and these men are here like i'm fine yeah yeah did he have like a positive experience no of course not no a he feelings wheel it. sounds like it was like conversion therapy like because he was where was the school of... that he went to it wasn't i don't think it was really a school it was like one of those like outward bound is that like a thing yeah those where they are like a wilderness the, program wilderness therapy yeah okay and then and you they like sent him hike to sedona where he was just like that's with cool a, i know it was kind of cool and there was like a bunch of like vortexes and like hell yeah crystal therapy and like stuff like that i mean i don't think any of it was he was like my parents wasted so much money on that like why did they send me there yeah i think it's like people have a really complicated relationship with yeah. like their but did you like your it was it was a mixture like it definitely saved my life like it got me Mm. out of my i was able to like sober up for Mm. a period of time and like get my shit together and then like it taught me a lot about myself like they're all about like go back into like your core negative beliefs about yourself and like dismantle them and like what's your pain and what's your shame and like now you're gonna tell everyone but then there's also a side where they use all of that against you. So like that sounds Catholic. It it almost it almost is kind of like okay. it's borderline Catholic, but it wasn't like there were no re- religious affiliations. It was just like really intense like self help modalities that were kind of like started in the late fifties, early sixties okay. by like a guy that ended up becoming like a cult leader oh my god i know about the synanon cult was he the guy who started aa he came from an aa like he was in aa but then he felt like he wasn't like he had advanced beyond like their Mm -hmm. like modalities so he started his own group called synanon and everybody was living there and everyone was living there and originally it was alcoholics but then it he started attracting heroin addicts so he kicked all the alcoholics out he was like your problems are like whatever like go to aa and Mm -hmm. then just started accepting heroin addicts and would like help them detox and then they all would just like move in there and then they would do this thing called the game where they would sit (gasps) around in a circle and like indict each other and then like scream it would like you would just focus it on one person at a time and you could say anything you wanted to like you could be like as mean and vicious and cutting like you couldn't physically threaten them but you could be like you think you're so fucking smart you're so stupid and like blah 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 like bring up shit from their past and like shame (laughs) them and then the whole group could like join in and the whole point was to like 
break someone That's down like the to Handmaid's nothing. Tale. Yeah, they and like then they have a scene like that. Yeah, and then like reinstill them with like the values of the group. So it's basically mind control and like they're using like CIA mind control tactics but in this like self-help <laughs> sobriety setting. I remember hearing about that on my favorite murder, I think. Yeah, they yeah. talked about it and then eventually that like people that had been a part of that program they would start their offshoot program so a lot most of the schools that became therapeutic boarding schools all go back to that like i'm reading a book it's fucked up and so that's like the kind of stuff we were doing on like like a little more watered down scale i feel like i read an expose about like those schools being like like they were all like really abusive and like people were like they like traumatized me even more because i guess they built off that yeah and there are varying degrees of like abuse and like human rights violations (laughs) that happen to like teenagers in these kinds of institutions and mine like mine was pretty like like, yeah, they could, like, scream at you and, like, call you names. And, I mean, you would get put through some shit. But they couldn't, like, physically, like, restrain you or touch you in any way, like, against your will. I mean, they kind of would in, like, workshops It was and just, stuff. like, low-key human rights violations. It's low-key, yeah. Okay. It's, like, wow, I was, like, so humiliated multiple times. And I'm still now, even in therapy, like, uncovering moments where I'm, like, God, that was really fucked up. But that, it like, helped in some way? It helped in some ways and then really hurt in other ways because you're going through all this, like, hardcore fucking therapy kind of shit. Oh, my God. But it's administered by people that they don't have like it's not like they went to college no, for it they don't have a background they just like live That's in like the woods diagnosing Caroline no it is like <laughs> you diagnosing Caroline Calloway <laughs> it exactly is we have some reader mail to get into okay here we go hi Lara and maybe guest I'm just listening through the back catalog. I'm at the episode in OKC where you stalked the Vanderpump Rules cast for the weekend at the club. So thanks for that. Anyways, I've had a long history of spiraling, babying out, getting too drunk, begging for attention, dating the wrong people right after a breakup, moving across the world, drug, sex, you name it. I'm proud of my past. I also went to therapeutic boarding school, whoop, whoop, but I'm also growing up. I don't have a desire for any of these hilarious yet psycho patterns to occur. I've been in a really loving and healthy relationship for four months. I can't picture myself with anyone but this guy. I really think he's the love of my life, but recently he's been babe. He started crying to me while I was on shrooms before a Casey Musgrave concert. I still had a blast TBH that he thought we were on different parts of our journey. He's five years older than me and has a full blown career. I'm working my first shitty office job, just trying to get through the work week. He's extremely neat and regimented and I'm a fucking mess. My apartment is filthy and I'm always late and I get really emotional a lot. I realized I got lost in the sauce of our relationship. I didn't keep up with therapy, my social life or my apartment. I just figured I'm so happy and forgot about all that stuff. On his end, we realized he has a pattern in relationships of being too empathetic to his partner. For example, if I've had a hard day at work and I end up having to comfort him because he's upset for me, We realize he's also really repressed and is uncomfortable by sadness. He acknowledged the side of the issue too. And so we took a break. It was a week that at first was positive for me until I spiraled into overthinking and loneliness. Again, still avoiding babe behavior. It's just hard to be a sad babe and not a drunk, horny babe. So we hung out after that week as planned. And he said he felt really bad keeping me on hold. He didn't have an answer and really thought we each needed to work through these issues on our own. 
He didn't think it was right to have his cake and eat it too. We're so happy together otherwise, so I told him I saw us together for years to come, and he said he could still see that too. We hugged for a long time and said we loved each other. At first, I was like, okay, what's one more week? But then I realized that there, these issues have been here my whole life. They're not going to get fixed in a week. And if we got back together tomorrow, we wouldn't have fixed anything. I respect that, but I'm daunted by the fact that maybe this is a marathon and not a sprint. This could be months. I don't know what to tell people, if I'm single or not. I'm horny, but I don't want to sleep around. And neither does he, but I don't think we're together. Is it babe or babe to be patient and work this out? Is it worth sticking around or should I just move on? Am I going to be fucked over? Anyways, I love this podcast so much. Listening to it 24-7 has kept me sane. Love and light. Achy, breaky heart. Damn. Wow, that's pretty relatable. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I think it's cool that you guys are communicating so hard about yeah. all your like issues i feel like that's really rare that you'll get a man to communicate that much yeah and like i would say i don't feel like there's a reason to like not trust that he's telling you the truth but then again it's like who knows what the fuck men think like <laughs> he, i don't want to be like he's fucking with you or trying to get around like not wanting to be together because i don't get that impression no i think that he i feel like this has happened to me so many times but i think that like he's being honest i just think the hard thing is knowing like, first of all, you don't want to be waiting around, but like, it takes people a long time, like sometimes years to work through whatever they're going through. And like, you don't want to be waiting around for them yeah. to get their shit together. Yeah. I feel like if you really love each other, you should just like stick it out and yeah. see how things go for a while. Like you're, you say you don't know if you're single. So I assume that you're maybe still sleeping together or seeing each other. It just isn't the same as it was prior to this kind of like come to jesus moment yeah yeah i feel like you guys definitely should talk about like whether or not you are single or not because that's not gonna be great like, yeah you definitely want to be clear on what the situation is yeah define the relationship and then go from there but i don't think that like if you guys have a really healthy relationship otherwise i don't think you need to like throw the whole relationship out because you guys are both having problems like everybody has problems and if people work through them like in therapy or like in a serious way besides just like using negative coping mechanisms i think that that could like actually make your relationship stronger yeah totally and also it's like sometimes with him saying you guys are on different journeys like and you noticing was that when they were on shrooms like were they on different trips they were on like is that shrooms you- okay let me see the reader was on shrooms i don't know if the guy was on shrooms that's you're definitely on different journeys (laughs) then you're yeah you might be on different journeys which is okay but then also sometimes you just aren't not meant to be together yeah if you're like two different people you can still like have great sex and interaction with someone and not be meant to like be with them forever i think whatever this is it requires more conversation with your partner Mm -hmm. definitely more conversation but i just feel like it's such a relatable situation where you're like i want to be with this person but like they're not really there emotionally and like i'm not really there emotionally and like in an ideal world, like we would both work it out like as soon as possible. But like, that's not really how life happens all the time. And yeah. I fully have been in that situation. He's also before. five years older than her, right? So yeah. It's just like, 
different journeys as well. Like, I feel like I tend to date men who are older than me because like men who are younger just like tend to be really immature, but it's still like very, then you get into a situation where it's like, are we on like different life paths? Cause we have like an age difference that like, I don't know at what point it becomes like a substantial age difference, but Five years is, like, kind of a lot. That's a lot, but I also am, like, I'm not one to subscribe to, like, age being the biggest problem. I think it's, like, what stood out to me in this email was, like, just the fundamental differences in, like, approaching life. Like, you're, like, he's really neat. He's, like, an empath. Like, he's all these things. And then I am, like, the opposite of him in a lot of ways. Sometimes opposites are not right for each other. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, like... You were meant to connect for like a brief period of time, but Mm -hmm. then really all relationships just bring up like whatever issues you're dealing with to the surface. Yeah. And so maybe the purpose of this relationship is to like show you something about yourself that you weren't really aware of. And then you set out on the journey of like dealing with that. I think that's really important where it's like things are just not always meant to last forever. And it's so hard to know whether or not you are like holding on to a relationship because you're so attached to it and it like brings you security or because like it's actually like a good relationship and is going to work out. Yeah. That's hard to figure out. It is hard. And like, I mean, I had my last like serious relationship I felt like we connected on so many levels, but really on the biggest levels were fundamentally like very different people. Yeah. And then triggered each of us triggered the other person's like issues like Mm -hmm. incredibly. And that's like kind of the moment that I was realizing like, damn, like I'm really fucking depressed. Like Mm -hmm. I need to like figure this out and like really try and like change that. about myself like i don't think i can be in a relationship with someone when i'm like actively dealing with this 24 7 yeah there's just not i mean i think but also like there are just some fundamental incompatibilities where it's just like it wouldn't be fair of both of us to like try and change this for each other because that's just kind of how yeah like if you want to do shrooms before casey musgraves concert and like throw all your clothes on the floor (laughs) when you get home it's like that's your life yeah like and if you if it's going to be like painful or feel like you're being less you to have to cut that stuff out. Then it's not really that worth it. Yeah. That's hard though. It's definitely a hard situation. Especially if you guys have been, I don't know how long they've been together. I think it was like four months or something. It's just, it's really easy. I feel like to be like, Oh, every relationship I'm in should last forever. And like, this should be the love of my life. And that's just like, not always the case. I go right to a place of like, we're going to get married. Me too. Literally making eye contact on the street with someone. I'm like, okay, so like our kids are going to be like kind of cute. Like, I don't know what their name should be. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, what would our wedding look like? Wedding look or maybe like? we like just won't have I'm one. I'm going to start like, making like a wedding Pinterest board. Yeah. Like, like to- even though I'm not in that, I, I don't care about that day to day. As soon as someone your brain I just feel goes interested. There it just goes there. There's no stopping. And it. I feel like women are always judging themselves for that. But it's like I feel like that's just how our brains are like primed to go. Yeah. I mean, it's what we've been taught like societally, like yeah. the pattern that emerges over and over. So it makes sense that you would just be like, and then we settle down and we're a happy and we family. Can work out all our differences and like whatever. Like that's just sometimes like in. I feel like unless you have kids together, like and things really aren't working, like just like. It you gotta say bye to work. Yeah. yeah and you don't even need to like 
get married really but like if you're content i feel like the thing is if you're continuously finding yourself having the same conversation like over and over and over again and it's like the same fight like that's a really big sign that like it's just not gonna work yeah because i feel like i've been in situations like that where it's like we keep having the same fight over and over and over again because clearly this is like a huge incompatibility and like it's not going to get resolved Mm -hmm. and we can't like overcome this no and then it's like becomes unfun it's just not fun if you're suffering like most of the time and you're like worrying and and you're navigating like from one fight to the next with like a few good days in between oh that sucks so that's the bad. worst when you're like oh it's been like three days without a fight you're mm-hmm. like writing it down yeah or like have that like good period before it's like something else like brews up and like rears its ugly head mm. it's not the luck it's not the luck also I mean, props to this guy for, like, bringing it up to you. I mean, prior to the Casey Musgraves concert is bad timing, (laughs) especially, like, on a shroom journey. And I kind of commend you for having, like, the mental stability to, like, make it through a shrooms moment where someone, like, drops that realness on you. But it's kind of cool that he's at least being, like, upfront and being, like, I feel like we're very different. Mm -hmm. Chat, you guys got to talk, though. You guys definitely need to have a conversation. I just like that. That's not very clear. I don't know what that necessarily means. Like we're just very different. Like that doesn't. Is that like just a comment or is that an ultimatum? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Dear Lara, I'm a new reader slamming and shuffling old apps. What's wrong with J brands? I'm wearing love stories as we speak. Fellow six foot tall babe over here. Also see attached. P.S. Tons of love stories available on the real real as well. Love and light. My God, love stories. This is a real deep cut. What are those? This is on the early episodes of Babe. I talked about these like hideous Fendi like Ugg boots that I had. I have a pair of these that I got like in Paris on like a family trip. They're so gross. They look very Scandinavian. They're Scandinavian. They're kind of like Star Wars-y too. Like if you took this squirrel out of the mix. Is that like an like an elf moment what is that it's just like a little squirrel it's really the whole thing is unfortunate those are not cute shoes i'm sorry no they're really bad i haven't ever tried to like sell mine and i haven't worn them in like over 10 years because i'm like maybe someday they'll get cute again ugly shoes are kind of a thing right yeah but these are like above and beyond the call of ugly duty (laughs) like they don't like i'm they say in fashion everything comes back around, but, but I don't not, know if these These are dead and buried. Yeah. Um, what's wrong with J Brands? I don't think anything's wrong with J Brands. But I haven't I feel like they changed. I don't know. Did you ever fuck with that brand of jean? The jeans? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think those were always really expensive. <laughs> yeah. They were expensive. They were like since I was tall, the, they were the only jeans that like felt okay. like they fit right. But then I found like a life hack J brand outlet in like near USC. There's always an, a J brand outlet somewhere, or like a lucky brand. Yeah, the, they were like you could get them for like fifty percent off or whatever. It was like a warehouse just like packed with like pairs of J brands. So that's mm-hmm. where I would then get them. But then that shut down. So then I stopped getting any J brand jeans altogether. I'm not really like a jeans person. No, I'm not really like you into, like dresses. You I said. like dresses because they don't require me to wear pants. But like, I feel like I get a lot of jeans that are just like 
thrift store jeans. Yeah, now I just walk down the street and then buy like Levi's from because like it was a- that was when it was like a skinny jean era, mm-hmm. and then you needed those jeans that like really fit you well. And now it's like nobody wears skinny jeans anymore. I think no. that's why J brands are out. Yeah, because they always wear just like they a were skinny always, jean, like, tight jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh, I can't think in, of like, anything worse than like a skinny jean. We're not restricting in like a political leg. climate where like we can be wearing pants like that like things are already too hard i feel like the only person that can wear skinny jeans still is like kate moss yeah like she'll always be able to but that doesn't mean that we are not that doesn't mean they're comfortable no i don't think she's even that comfortable in them she's definitely not comfortable with a lot of things yeah i don't think she's experienced like true comfort (laughs) maybe like a handful of times in her life long time elizabeth and james for coles came out and I thought yeah. I was going to be really offended, like oh, Mary Kate yeah. and Ashley's clothing line. Mm-hmm. But it actually has like some kind of cute stuff in there. I don't believe you. There was one. I don't, I don't even believe myself when I say it. But there was one pair of pants that was like really not offensive. Like it looked like okay. cute leggings that had like a front zip in the front or like mm. a pant, like a black pant with a front zip. Yeah. I was shocked. I mean, I feel like you have would have to actually feel them. Yeah. I don't trust them enough to like just order yeah. them. And then I think I think that their like inseam was also mm. really short. So like I don't I think they would come up to like a capri level on okay. me that I would not feel well, comfortable with. Just- Thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm so happy to be your guest today. This was so fun. You'll have to come back again yes, now that you're an LA sure. native. Um, tell everyone where they can find you, you for can the find new me listeners on Instagram at Binch City B I N C H C I T Y. It's like Broad City, but it's benches instead. Benches, yeah. We're gonna do the bonus episode and talk more. Um, if you want to get a bonus episode, it's very easy. You just go to Patreon.com/slash Babe Podcast, and it's there that you'll find tons and tons of bonus content. So. We're going to do that now. Can't wait. Bye. Bye. Babe? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.